Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When John the Baptist heard in prison that the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, I speak in the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In mid-century, a spiteful, angry man acknowledged Jesus as Lord. In 1848, a man fell into deep poverty with five children. He took the second of those children, a young boy of 13, and apprenticed him really indentured servitude, into a pawn shop for six years. When that indentured servant escaped, if you will, from his plight, he recognized Jesus as Lord. He then went on to found a denomination of Christianity that spread into 58 countries. In 1931, a professor, an intellectual, and a well-known atheist recognized Jesus as Lord. He went on for the rest of his career to write books about his faith, and these books were published, distributed around the world, and millions of people were influenced by them. These three individuals I've just spoken about all experienced a I think the best way of putting it is a spiritual rebirth, a renewal of sorts. The old was made new for them. Now, this notion of rebirth, renewal, the old being made new, is a thread that runs through our readings today. In Isaiah, we have the picture of a desert, which we normally picture as a place of death, right? And yet Isaiah describes this desert as a place that blossoms, that begins to literally sing for joy. 
Then in James, the author paints the picture of a farmer who cultivates his land. He plants the seed, and then he waits. What does he wait for? He waits for new life to spring up following the expected rain. And then there is Jesus. Jesus talks about the, the, the blind being sighted again, the deaf being uh, able to hear again, the lame walking again, lepers cleansed, and even the dead raised to life. And one thing that, that, is, that is felt is just, it's just vibrant in these three readings is a sense of joy, joy at this rebirth and renewal, right? Now, in contrast to joy, I want to ask, has anybody here ever found themselves in a rut? You know what I'm talking about. A situation where we find ourselves just going through the motions, doing the activities that are expected of us, but there's no spark. There is no energy. And this rut can infect any aspect of our lives, can't it? Including our spiritual lives. People sometimes find themselves in a spiritual rut, coming to church, saying the words, going through the motions, repeating the prayers, and yet there is no spark. There is no joy. Today's lessons, I think, and particularly the gospel lesson, provide for us the key for getting out of a rut, the key to finding joy. In our gospel lesson, John the Baptist sends by messenger a question to Jesus. Did you notice that Jesus never answers the question? He does that a lot if you pay attention to the stories in the gospel. Instead, Jesus says, go tell John what you're seeing and what you're hearing here. Go tell him about those who are deaf and blind who now can hear and see, those who are lame who now can walk, those who were dead and now are raised to life. What he's really telling John is this. These are the things that are going on. You should recognize me as Lord. Now, at this point, I think we need to stop and talk about this word, Lord. It appears, goodness gracious knows how many times in the New Testament we read it over and over again. And I think most of us, and I know this is true with me, instinctively think of Lord as a, as a synonym for God as a synonym for divinity. But that's not how the word was intended when it was originally written, when the Gospels were written. Remember, the Gospels were written in, in uh, Greek. The Greek word, and by the way, y'all should know this by now, every time I pick up one of these papers to read something, that means I want to get it right, as opposed to the other stuff I just make up. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Um, the word translated as Lord in Greek 
is kurios. Kurios means someone supreme in authority, controller, and probably the best definition, the best translation really, is master. And so Jesus is saying to John, Jesus is saying to you and me, recognize me as master, as someone to be followed. That is how you get to joy, recognizing Jesus as Lord, someone to follow. Now, right about now, I'm thinking everybody in this, in this nave could say, and many of you might be thinking, I've said Jesus is Lord many times. I've said it hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times in my life. It's good. It's good. But recognizing Jesus as Lord is different from just saying Jesus is Lord. It's different even than believing Jesus is Lord. Recognizing Jesus is Lord, as I'm talking about here, means internalizing that fact. Drawing that fact into us so completely that it becomes a part of our very being, part of our DNA, if you will. And it is when we recognize, we internalize Jesus as Lord, the one to be followed, that is how we get to joy. That is how we get out of a rut. Think about it this way. If we're in a rut, we don't wish ourselves out of a rut, do we? We don't think ourselves out of a rut, do we? We have to act in order to get out of it. And when we actually internalize it, when we recognize Jesus as Lord, we feel compelled to act. It is a part of who we are. It is something we cannot avoid doing. Now, the question is begged, okay, preacher man, if recognizing Jesus as Lord is different from saying it and believing it, how do I go about recognizing Jesus as Lord? And here I have to say, I think... Our Baptist friends are onto something. Because here's what they would say. They would say, well, you open yourselves to the Holy Spirit. And you know what? They're right. Recognizing Jesus as Lord is a process. And it begins by going to God in prayer and asking God to infuse us with that Spirit, opening ourselves to that. And it takes some time. It means going back to God in prayer, back to God in prayer, and back to God in prayer. But after a while, that transition happens, and we find that Jesus as Lord has become a part of who we are. And we can't help but begin to act. We can't help but begin to be joyful just like those three individuals I talked about at the beginning. That first guy, the angry, spiteful man, that was Saul. Saul, who became Saint Paul, 
who spent the rest of his life planting churches, who converted an untold number of people to Christianity, and is one of the most influential people in the history of Christianity. That second person, that young man who at the age of 19 completed his indentured servitude and founded a denomination, that was William Booth. William Booth is the founder of the Salvation Army. And now, almost 175 years later, that denomination, the Salvation Army, is still a force in Christianity, and it circles the globe. That intellectual atheist, that was C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis has been dead 50 years, but the books that he published are still in print, still on bestseller lists and continue to influence Christians and those looking into the faith of Christianity all over the world. It was their spiritual rebirth in the sense of recognizing Jesus as Lord, as someone to follow, that changed their course of lives completely. And it also marks, if you read If you read biographies of Paul and Booth and Lewis, you will see that it is this recognition of Jesus as Lord that marks the point where their lives became truly joyful. Albert Schweitzer once wrote that only those who seek and find ways to serve and other only those who find ways to serve Christ, to follow Christ as Lord, Schweitzer says only those are the ones who become truly joyous. That's what happened with Paul. That's what happened with Booth. That's what happened with Lewis. And that is what can happen with you and me. This is the third Sunday in Advent. Advent, as we all know, is the time set aside to prepare for the celebration, the remembrance of Christ coming into the world, of God becoming incarnate. And there are many things we do in Advent for this preparation, but it strikes me today that maybe one thing we also ought to do in Advent is a little bit of self-reflection, a little bit of introspection by way of asking ourselves this question. I've said Jesus is Lord. I believe even that Jesus is Lord. But do I truly recognize Jesus as Lord? It is, is it a part of my very being? Is it something that I carry in my DNA every day, everywhere I go? Well, Amen.